In the February of 1758, Charles Lelland was sitting in his bedroom when a blue handkerchief with yellow circles on each corner floated in front of his eyes. When he looked at the wall, the handkerchief was there, drifting in from the side. When he moved his eyes to the bed, the handkerchief followed. And when he turned to the tapestry, the table, the door, the handkerchief persisted, blocking out the other ordinary objects in the room. Charles Lelland was not delirious, nor was he confused. He knew the handkerchief could not be real. One major clue was his deteriorating eyesight, which meant that he should not have been able to see the handkerchief so clearly. He told his grandson, Charles Bonnet, about his odd visual hallucinations. He mentioned the time he thought two young men had accompanied his granddaughters to his house, when in fact the girls had come alone. He mentioned the carriage he saw once that was as big as a house, and the time a swarm of dust flakes turned into a flight of pigeons, and the day he saw a cloud of butterflies envelop him. Charles Bonnet was a Swiss biologist, and he published a full account of his grandfather's hallucinations, and his own hallucinations when his own vision deteriorated further in his life, um, and he postulated that the visual parts of his grandfather's brain had continued electrical activity, and that the brain drew on memory instead of visual sensation. This was a radical idea for the 18th century, to suggest that the brain had different areas dedicated to different functions. The physiology between the syndrome is still not clear. Our understanding of the syndrome is that the visual hallucinations usually present in elderly patients with pre-existing vision loss in the absence of mental illness. The majority of reported cases of Charles Bonnet syndrome are aged 70 to 85 years, but there is likely vast underreporting for the patient's fear of being labelled with dementia or a mental illness. The theory is vision loss leading to visual sensory deafferentation, that is, cessation of the afferent signals. This leads to disinhibition and then spontaneous firing of the visual cortical regions, which is then supported by um, the MRIs in patients with Charles Bonnet syndrome, as their ventral occipital lobe lights up during the visual hallucinations. Experiments where patients undergo visual deprivation have resulted in similar hallucinations and similar MRI results. Now, the hallucinations may be simple or complex, and they usually correspond to the area of vision loss. Their characteristics are not associated with the anatomical location of the ocular defect, and they are usually well-defined and lack personal meaning. They disappear usually with the closing of the eyes. And although they are not visually threatening to the patient, patients do um, experience anxiety, not because of the hallucinations they see, but because of the cause of the hallucinations, their vision loss. So the hallucinations of Charles Bonnet syndrome come and go. Uh, the actual visions can last for less than a minute, or they can be continuous uh, for several minutes, and they usually occur multiple times a day or week. Patients report hallucinations for up to five years, and then the hallucinations may disappear for good. Patients with uh, the syndrome do not lack insight. They're aware that their hallucinations are not real and they're able to differentiate between hallucinations and reality. Their symptoms thus cannot be explained by psychiatric disorder and they cannot be attributed to metabolic imbalances. Diagnosis can be made through the unofficial criteria, which are at least one complex visual hallucination within the past four weeks, a period between the first and last hallucination exceeding four weeks, full or partial retention of insight into the unreal nature of the hallucinations, absence of hallucinations and other sensory modalities such as smell, and the absence of delusions. Currently, there is no gold standard of treatment as visual hallucinations cease with repair of their visual loss. 
In rarer cases, when hallucinations are present for years at a time, patients require psychological therapy to manage the often accompanying anxiety. They're also encouraged to increase their social interactions and rapid eye movements, as this heightens visual stimulation and engagement, leading to a more controlled firing in the visual cortical regions. Typical antipsychotics such as risperidone, quietopine, and olanzapine have also shown benefit in individual patients, but these medications come with significant side effects. A close differential diagnosis is Lermit's hallucinosis, also called peduncular hallucinosis. Presentation is similar in the elderly, in patients with insight, and the hallucinations are well-formed, but the main difference is that Lermit's hallucinosis is associated with dementia and correlated lesions in the midbrain or brainstem found on neuroimaging. It is also accompanied by other neurological deficits such as memory deficits, agnosia, dysarthria, or motor deficits, likely due to previous cerebrovascular injuries. So, in elderly patients presenting with visual hallucinations on a background of visual loss, Charles Bonnet should be a differential to think about. It's a diagnosis of exclusion, however, and thus requires brain imaging and metabolic panels. Although the condition is benign, it's important to consider the psychological impacts of the syndrome. Moreover, awareness of this syndrome in the elderly population would likely lead to higher rates of reporting, as fewer patients would be worried about its stigmatizing effects. I'm Anuradha Pathi, and I'm a fourth-year medical student in the Adelaide University Psychiatry Society. Thanks for joining us on the Psychic Podcast. This is an Adelaide University Psychiatry Society project sponsored by PIF. PIF provides lots of information and great events for medical students and doctors interested in psychiatry and mental health. Check them out on Facebook at Psychiatry Interest Forum. This was the first episode in our upcoming series of Shorter Bites, where we explore our psychiatric conditions or shorter topics in episodes of five to ten minutes if you'd like to see more please follow us on AUPS on Instagram and share your thoughts by emailing us at uniadelaide.psychsociety at gmail.com we'd love ideas on what you want to hear shorter episodes on or what speakers you might possibly want to hear from we'll see you later this month for another episode